Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and this week we have a very special guest in Mistress DJ. Hey, DJ. Hey, Kylie. What's going on? Well, as you know, we are getting really, really close to Christmas. We have very few, you know, with with the way the supply chain is going and everything, we have very few shopping days left. And uh, I am thrilled you are here because you actually recorded, I think this is your first full-length audio since Camp Femdom, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. It is the first full-length one. And uh, Chance is really, really wanting attention right now. So if you hear crying, I promise it's not me. So, <laughs> um, so the thing about um, the Christmas Christmas in, uh, I always my my rule of thumb is Halloween stories sell all year. Christmas stories sell during Christmas season. And last year, right before Christmas, I suddenly thought. I want to do a Christmas story that is like a Hallmark Christmas movie. And, of course, thinking about it the week before Christmas, I had no time to, to, to really, you know, promote it and put it out ahead of Christmas. It came out literally on Christmas Day. Mm. But I had so much fun writing it, I didn't care. <laughs> And uh, talking about the project, I, I talked with, with with you about this quite a bit when I was working on it, because you know you have an an affinity for these Hallmark movies as well. I I do. I watch them when they do Christmas in July, and from the time it starts in October at Halloween time, I'm watching the Hallmark Channel all the way through. Believe it or not, and, and there are certain uh, tropes that that go through them. I'm still learning some of them. What are, what are your favorite Hallmark uh, Christmas movie tropes? I mean, you have the classic uh, girl has to go to her old hometown for some reason. And uh, when there, she runs into either an ex or some long forlorn love that she had. And somehow they just magically come together. That's one. Um, there's always the whole uh, hero returns home kind of thing to a big fanfare, even though they're still treated like small town. Um, there's the stranded in a snowy Christmassy village. I mean, there's lots of them, and <laughs> but it's one of those where it's like you see it coming. And there's there's probably five or six more, but it's a general theme that runs through every Hallmark movie. Well, all right, so the one I learned this year that I didn't didn't catch before was. The names. Ah, yes. So I've done a new season. one for this year. Yeah. And it's about a, a, a woman named Holly Bell. Because <laughs> we needed that Christmassy name. My one last year did not have a real Christmassy name. That's a, a trope I just discovered. Mm, yes, indeed. That's true. They do have Christmas-themed names. So... That and that's that brings up the next thing is this is going to be a tradition. Last year it was called the Christmas Inn, and it's about one of these successful women. She is a big city caterer who is very successful, and she has a sister in a small town and a mom who is getting older who runs an inn in lovely Corn River, Iowa, and uh, unfortunately. 
she has to go home over Christmas, and it's kind of bittersweet because of the mom's health. And um, this year, it's a girl who's from Milk River, Wisconsin, who is a very successful photographer who goes back to her hometown. So we, we, we have all the good tropes. We have Carhartt jackets, flannel shirts, guys who need a shave, cute dogs, pickup trucks. I mean, the only thing we don't actually have is a named 1990s uh, former sitcom star. <laughs> Stay tuned. That'll probably happen next year. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited um, because, you know, DJ is obviously has a wonderful voice, as you can tell. But like a lot of people, myself included, she hates the sound of her own voice. So recording them is not a problem. Editing them where you have to listen to yourself over and over is, as far as I can tell, one of the three or four least favorite things I have heard DJ tell me about. I really don't like it. I don't look forward to it. It's, yeah, it's the worst part of it. Well, I I am hoping, fingers crossed on this, but DJ, with your voice so great, Next year, won't you help my listeners? Okay, we're not going to go there, but um, <laughs> would, you mind reading, would you mind doing my audio for next year? I will be on board for next year's adventure. <laughs> okay, so you've got a whole year, so you don't have to hear your voice all at once. Hooray! <laughs> so uh, it's kind of a two for today. Um, this, uh, the audio, we... we I mentioned a little bit of the uh, issues with I Want Clips, which is plaguing both of us. Clips for sale, the only real big change for me, and I hope it stays this way, is I really have to upload the audios earlier. And so I uploaded this one last night. And so it is available now on uh, Clips for Sale. And um, I also, today, by coincidence, have the new um hallmark christmas book coming out that wasn't planned but i figured if, if you like one you'll probably like the other one and uh so today the one that came out today is called the picture of christmas uh about a photographer trying to save her old small town's main street and uh the one from last year was about a caterer trying to save her um her family's inn which is called the Christmas Inn, and I think the one of the most fun things I had not only writing the books, but trying to get the Hallmark feel into the covers. And DJ, I don't know you, if if I succeeded or not, but I think you did a great job. I looked at that and I'm like, I think I saw that movie the other day. <laughs> I was laughing. Well, maybe not the second one. The second one's a little spicier but you know the first one the christmas end definitely uh the second one would be a more hallmark at night kind of thing let's say yeah hallmark at night that's a great idea for for a thing um well the first one is just a a loving couple guy has flannel it's 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 perfect for for a hallmark christmas story this year's also has that feel except it also has a ball gag (laughs) so (laughs) But so we're going to play a clip, a fairly long clip, I think, um, from the Christmas Inn. 
which uh, I'm very happy to have uh, DJ back recording full-length audios for me. Um, and we already have one planned for next year, so <laughs> you, you heard that. Uh, so here it is, without further ado, The Christmas Inn, as read by Mistress DJ. The Christmas Inn, written by Kylie Gable and Claudia Costa. Published by Candy Apple Press. Copyright 2020. Christmas was always a busy time for me. Sure, I loved the snow and lights as much as the next woman. I loved the decorated windows and the old Christmas specials. I loved when my sister sent me my yearly care package of my mom's Christmas cookies, and I even loved those ridiculous Hallmark Christmas movies. But for me, Christmas was just rushing around like a chicken with its head cut off, trying to get our orders out. I was 34, and my biological clock was starting to sound like the Winchester Cathedral. I wanted to settle down. I wanted a family. But I just couldn't meet the right guy in New York City. They were all such self-assured phonies. They dominated the competition in the boardroom. Now they wanted to dominate me in the bedroom. The problem is, two driven personalities have a very hard time coexisting in any kind of long-term relationship. Lord knows I tried. That's why Christmas Eve would find me and my cat, Carl Perkins, sitting on the couch watching some tearjerker of a Christmas movie. Yeah, right now, Carl was the only man for me. I couldn't complain too much, though. Simone Hammond Catering was finally taking off, and as the proprietor, it filled me with a certain sense of pride. It was also starting to pay off. I had two full-time employees who I had hired in the last year, but make no mistake, they were there with me before I even started the business. Evan was witty, urbane, and handsome, but like me, he just couldn't find a man to make it work with. He was my first employee, and he could do things to a pastry that should be illegal. Candy was bubbly, effervescent, and always good with a one-liner. It was only her relationship with me that made her willing to work for a caterer, despite her fears for her weight. It's your sister, said Candy one afternoon, about a week out from Christmas. She handed me the landline we had for business calls. Ask her when we can expect the cookies. Hey, sis, why didn't you just text Simone? We need to talk, said Christina. It's about mom. What happened? Is she all right? She's tougher than both of us. She had a fall, though, and broke a few bones. Oh, no. I know this is asking a lot of you, but I think the inn is too much for her. She was trying to knock down icicles, and she slipped and fell. She shouldn't be doing that sort of thing. I agree. She's almost 70 now. That's too much for one person to do. The problem is, she's also more stubborn than both of us, and she's made her mind up. Even when her and Dad were younger, that inn was a two-person job. The thing is, I can't give up my medical practice. And I can't give up my catering business, I know. I know this is asking a lot, but do you think you could fly down here for Christmas? It would really cheer Mom up, and maybe together we could find a way to get her to give up the inn. I don't know, Christina. I really want to help, but this is our busiest time of year. Is there any way you could wait until after Christmas? Your family needs you, interjected Evan, clearly eavesdropping. It's time for Mama Bird to leave the nest and let the baby birds stretch their wings and fly. Evan, this is a personal phone call. And besides, 
You've just massacred that analogy, I said. He's right, said Candy. Let us do it. We can handle things. This is Christmas, I said. Don't you believe in Christmas miracles, asked Evan, putting a hand towel over his head and trying to look angelic. Fine. You two are the worst employees ever. Thank you, Simone, cheered Christina. Tell Candy I'll send her a double shipment of cookies. What had I agreed to? I loved my family more than life itself, but leaving New York City at the busiest time of year to go back home was insane. Not only would it hurt my business, but I'd feel like such a fish out of water. I left Corn Valley, Iowa for a reason. It was rustic and had all sorts of charm to it, but I was a big city girl trapped in a small town. I wanted adventure, not a town where everybody who walked into the diner knew who you were. It was like a Norman Rockwell postcard. But you can't live your whole life in a postcard. My flight down was miserable. I was stuck next to a dentist who was visiting his niece and nephew, both of whom I went to school with. When I made the mistake of admitting it, he talked my ear off. I had wanted to work on my supply orders, but there was no chance of that happening with Dr. McTalkyface sitting next to me. Of course, small town airports are odd. The James N. Cup Airport served about a dozen surrounding communities, but still had only about 500 people pass through per day. I was glad that I'd used my phone to call ahead for a car. I guess old Ralph Stuckey finally gave up the cab business, so it was rideshare or nothing now. Change had come to Corn Valley. As we exited the airport, I could instantly recognize all the out-of-towners. Snow had fallen, as in it glistened early in the evening moonlight, people saw magic. I saw slush and a long drive through snowy roads. I checked my phone, and my ride was already there. I didn't want to be crammed into a subcompact, so I paid a little bit extra to get a driver with a blue Land Rover Discovery. Leaning against the SUV was a very attractive guy. He was slender and had an impish smile. I'd say he was boyishly good-looking which is hard for a lot of guys in their mid-thirties to pull off. He had wavy brown hair and was wearing a gray and red sweater, which was visible underneath his tan Carhartt vest. He had on blue jeans and a pair of brown Grenson boots on his feet. He also had a black and brown Dachshund mix on a blue leash. Hi, are you my driver? I called out. That's me, he replied. Please tell me you're not allergic to dogs. I'm not allergic, I said. I'm just not a big fan. I'm sorry, he said. You said it was an emergency, and he'll sit next to me up front. He won't bother you at all. I had my doubts as I could see the dog already pulling on the leash, his tail wagging like an outboard motor. I'd been frightened by a dog when I was younger, and as a result, I was a cat person. Ethan was watching Carl Perkins, the love of my life. Cats lived with you and didn't feel the need to cover your whole face with their disgusting tongue. Well... I don't have a choice now, do I? If I say no, then you have to leave the poor dog in the snow, or I have to walk. Well, I don't exactly have a choice right now, do I? If I say no, then you have to leave the poor dog in the snow, or I have to walk. I'm sorry, he said. Like you said, it was a bit of an emergency. I promise you, Chance is well behaved, though. I got in the back seat, and true to his word, the dog stayed in the passenger seat, but he kept turning around for a look at me and sticking his paw through the seats. I guess he was kind of cute for a dog. So, what brings you back to town, he asked. 
My mom fell, I replied, in no mood for that inane small-town banner. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, he said. Well, you're a good daughter for coming back. What happened to Cubbage's? I asked as we passed the familiar old drive-in diner, only to find it all boarded up. It closed a little over a year ago. After we got the new McDonald's, people started hanging out there instead. I had some good times there, I replied wistfully. We all did, he replied. Times change, though, even in Corn Valley. I guess so. We arrived at the Gold Tree Inn, and the driver helped me with my bags. My sister ran outside to greet us. Despite it being 20 degrees, she was out without even a jacket on. My little sister Christina was two years younger than me, but everybody always thought she was my older sister. Between the two of us, she was probably the better-looking one. Guys loved her long, dark hair and her deep brown eyes, her long legs and her beaming smile. The real difference was that I was the fun one, while she was always super serious. It's no wonder she became a doctor while I went off to the big city. Good seeing you, Nick, she said, waving to my driver. And you too, Chance. You too, Christina. If I don't see you, have a real Merry Christmas. I will, she said, as he waved goodbye and joined the dog in the car. You know my driver, I asked. So do you, she said. That's Nick Michaels. Who's Nick Michaels? You've got to be kidding me. Nick, or as you and Lila used to call him, Nicolette. Wait, that was Nicolette? He's handsome. Things change, said Christina. High school was a long time ago. He's a good guy and somehow remained relatively normal, despite everything you did to him. Oh, we weren't that bad. You two almost got him elected homecoming queen. Okay, maybe we were a bit awful. You two were awful the way only teenage girls can be. In retrospect, I guess we were. It started because Nick had a crush on me. Everybody called him Little Nicky because he was the shortest boy in our class. It seemed funny at the time. Even when we got into high school and he started growing, it was still Nicky and never Nick. I think some of the girls in my class might change their minds if they saw him today, though. Actually, what am I talking about? It's Corn Valley. The girls in my class still live here. Anyway, I guess we were pretty bad. It started with my junior prom dress. I talked Nick into putting it on. His crush was huge, so it was pretty easy. That was followed by makeup. And you know I did a great job. Of course, I styled his long hair, which he only kept long because he knew I liked long hair on guys. I put it in a lovely braid, and then, of course, came the shoes and the accessories. What he didn't know was that Lila was in the closet taking pictures. It was her idea. But she was always a bad influence on me, convincing me to do things I ordinarily would never do. When she came out of the closet, Nick was terrified. Of course, he tried to make a break for it, but he still wasn't that big. And there were two of us. When she came out of the closet, Nick was terrified. Of course, he tried to make a break for it, but he still wasn't that big. And there were two of us. And he was wearing heels. Needless to say, he didn't stand a prayer. In hindsight, it was really a pretty mean thing to do to take advantage of a guy's crush on me. Of course, once we had him trapped, we took it to a whole other level. We made him shave off his body hair, and then we painted his nails. Lila even touched up his hair a bit with my scissors. Also, 
We made sure to get a few pictures of him in some of my other clothes, along with some outfits Christina had that weren't too boring. All in all, we got a nice pile of blackmail. What, two girls in a boring town like Corn Valley wouldn't want their very own dress-up doll? <laughs> Unfortunately, asking us to show restraint with our doll, or to take it easy on him, was just out of the question. We had more fun finding him clothes than we ever had finding them for us. And with a full end to play in, there was always some place to dress Nick up or to hog tie him. It got us through a boring high school experience, but we did kind of make Nick's life difficult. Of course, the best thing about having a sissy under blackmail is that the act of being a sissy means they give you far more blackmail to use against them. If you don't want people to see the pictures, we have enough of them to drag him to a social the next town over and make him dance with another guy. What will you do then to stop those pictures of you dancing from getting out? It becomes a huge rush and a never-ending ride, one that a couple of high school girls were in no way prepared to handle. We finally gave our Nicolette her freedom when I was ready to go away to culinary school and Lila was going off to Iowa State for college. Nick had grown to accept our dominance. He stopped rebelling and realized that it was much easier to just go along with what we said rather than trying to fight it. Of course, his crush on me had long disappeared. It had been replaced by a healthier dose of fear and respect. I wish I had known that he was my driver. I would have been friendlier. Okay, maybe we were a little awful. I wish I'd recognized him, I said. How could you? He was wearing pants, replied Christina. Very funny. Come on in. I'll put on some cocoa. A short while later, my sister and I were sitting by the fireplace with mugs of cocoa in our hands, just like when we were little kids. It was comforting, and it made me regret coming out to Corn Valley a little less. How's your practice going, I asked. It's keeping me busy. The hospital in Grover's Corner shut down. It's not a great time for rural hospitals, but it's meant a lot of business for me. That's great, I said. Unfortunately, it's keeping me so busy that I didn't see how much trouble Mom was having. Don't blame yourself. It happens to all of us. Is she still determined not to retire? I'm afraid so. I even tried to talk her into slowing down just a bit, but no dice. I'll see what I can do, but you know how stubborn she is. Believe me, I know. I've talked to her until I'm blue in the face. Let's go see her, I said. I trust she's resting in her room. She is. Hold up. I'll get her a cup of cocoa, too. There were some big advantages to living in an inn. The beds were first rate, and there was an indoor pool. There was a restaurant and other amenities. Mom had a very comfy room that I used to love sneaking into for an afternoon nap when I was little. Walking into her room was like traveling back through time. Hi, Mom. I said softly. She was watching one of those dreadful cable Christmas movies when I entered and immediately shut off the television. Hey, honey, did you have a good trip? She asked. Mom had a walking cast protruding from her blanket, and she had her left arm in a sling. It had been two years since I last saw her, but she looked good, even if she looked worse for the wear. Yeah, Mom, it was fine, I said, moving in for a hug. She had Nick for her driver, my sister told her. Was he dressed nice, she asked. I suppose. I mean, he looked like a driver. She means was he wearing pants, interjected Christina. You knew about that? Dear, you dressed him up at the inn. 
You always dressed them in your nicest clothes, the ones I couldn't get you to wear. It was kind of obvious. You also had him clean all the rooms, once dressed as a French maid, said Christina. Okay, well, maybe we weren't as sneaky as I thought we were, I admitted. Not in the least, said my mother. I'm glad you made it back. I know Corn Valley isn't really your speed. It's not that I dislike it, I lied. It's just that in New York, I feel like I'm at the center of the universe. In Iowa, I feel like I'm in some distant corner. I like being in a cozy corner, said Christina. I know you do, I said. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not for me. I'm actually relieved to hear you say that. Here I thought that Christina had invited you down to tell me you'd take over the inn or something. Obviously, that's not something you could ever do. So let's just enjoy this Christmas together and not worry about such things. Mom, it's too much for you. It's not just my opinion as your daughter, but as a doctor, said Christina. Mom could always see right through us, and this was no exception. Why don't you two go to the Christmas carnival tonight? I think I'm going to turn in early. I've been told I need my rest. We'll catch up in the morning. Sure, Mom, I replied. Let's do that. The entire drive downtown, Christina was talking my ear off about Mom. I wasn't unsympathetic, but we knew this wasn't going to be easy. Mom knew why I was in town, and it's not a surprise that she did. Geez, it looks like it did 20 years ago, I said. There's been change. But if you're not here, you'd miss it, said Christina. Christina parked the car, and we walked into the center of town. We grabbed some warm chestnuts and made our way through downtown. All the little shops had their lights on. There was something I did like about shopping that way, even if they didn't have the selection of home. Our first stop was the Tattered Page, the town's local bookstore. It was inviting, and it was surprisingly crowded for this time of night. Christina spent a lot of time in the shop when we were growing up, but me, not so much. No sooner had we taken two steps into the store, and Christina's pager went off. She picked up her phone, and I could hear her talking. Joe Adkins was a chain smoker in his 70s, and I was actually surprised to find out he was still alive. He was a good guy who used to drive the school bus when we were in high school. Unfortunately, Christina's job didn't have nine to five hours. I'm so sorry, said Christina. I need to go. Don't worry about me, I said. I can call for a ride. Okay, if you're sure. I live in New York City. I'm not really worried about being alone in Corn Valley. Fair enough. Christina left and I tried to amuse myself, but my heart really wasn't in it. I spent a half hour browsing the bookstore. I really did like this place, but after a while, I decided to get my ride. I typed my location into my app and hear a buzzing sound to my right. I looked over and there was Nick reading a travel book. You, I said. This is you, he asked, holding up his phone. It's me, I said. Where's your partner? Oh, Chance? He never tells me where he's going, only not to wait up. <laughs> That's kind of funny, I said. I'm sorry I didn't recognize you. Is that all you're sorry for? Do you mean high school? That's so long ago. You were pretty mean. You're right, I said. I'm sorry about that. But was it all horrible for you? No, he admitted. I kind of miss it. I thought so. Tell me, do you see Lila anymore, I asked. You don't keep in touch? No, we fell out of contact about a decade ago. That's a shame. Do you want to get going? 
Yeah, I think I've had enough jolly for the night. Nick drove me back towards the inn. I don't know why I couldn't really give him an apology. I guess it was pride. I loved what we did to him, and I don't think it really hurt him in the least. If I thought he suffered, I would have felt guilt, but I don't think that was what happened at all. Would you like me to take you to her place? Whose place, I asked. Lila's. I know where she lives. No. Well, maybe. I don't know. How's she doing? All right. You know she's the town dominatrix. That's funny, Nick. I wasn't joking. She's very good at it. And she likes it. And this flies in Corn Valley? Well, I wouldn't say it flies, but other than trying to find a place where she can ply her trade, people generally don't bother her. All right. And that was a reading from The Christmas Inn by Mistress DJ. Wonderful, wonderful quality. I... I You've got a great voice for this particular thing. You 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 always have that little edge of menace which comes from from being a, a long-time professional uh dominatrix, but you've also got a really wholesome voice, which is exactly kind of the combination that I that I like in, in these stories. Hmm. Wholesome. That's a new word. I'll take <laughs> <laughs> I said it's like wholesome with an edge of menace, you know. It's I, I like menacing better, but you know, I'll take wholesome. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, yeah, you've you, you've kind of got two sides, definitely. It definitely comes through. Um, and so, um, as I said, this is available on Clips for Sale. It'll be available on Night Flirt and probably Etsy eventually. And if I want Clips ever gets back to normal, it will be available on I want Clips too. The big thing is, if it ever gets back to normal. So, D, so, so DJ has had trouble with them, and I have too, and we're just kind of waiting for them to get their, their act together. I know it's not all their fault. A lot of it has to do with credit card processing stuff, but they really have bungled this. Definitely quite a delay there. Absolutely. We're on months now. And yep. then you had, you had another Christmas project coming out today, too. I did. Um, Some of the gals on Night Flirt, all doms, which makes it more fun, got together and we did a thing called the 12 Doms of Christmas. It was kind of a random idea that Tegan came up with and Lynette Devereaux and they contacted a few doms. Like I said, all of us are on Night Flirt and wanted us to do a fun little rendition. Um, It can be found on Twitter under my hashtag which is at mistress underscore dj um, or just look up 12 doms of christmas i'm sure it'll come up you're gonna see us making a lot of noise about it but it was myself it was lynette Devereaux, it was ms vice it was princess gabby nicole Kelly, ava wicked tegan marie and cameron cabral and we got together and made a fun little rendition of the 12 doms of christmas so just a little gift from us to you I know about half of those women uh, fairly well. I know I have called um, Ava Wicked and had a wonderful time talking to her. And uh, Princess Gabby has actually had an audio on our, our podcast before. And um, I'm drawing a blank. There was one other one, too, that I knew. But that's that's a good group. And uh, also, I should mention, too, just, just if you are on Twitter, I'm easy to find. I'm just Kylie Gable, one word. So pretty easy to find, but definitely check that out. That sounds like a lot of fun. 
it's always fun when we can put in the little the little Christmassy little you know things just to make it a little different or, or or even end of year you know it doesn't have to be Christmas but this time of year it's fun just to put something a little bit different and I know I did and I had you read um, a takeoff on um, Twas the Night Before Christmas. I remember that it was fun. I'm sure I'll be playing regardless of what the content is. Um, next next episode, oh, not next show. Yeah, it'll be next show. Will be the last one before Christmas. Um, oh, wait a second. Do we have? Yeah, that'll be the next one before Christmas. And then um, also, I have um, a pretty good selection coming up. I know next week we're planning on doing another Sam story with uh, Shayla Aspasia, and I know. Miss Jen Davis is currently editing something that she's already recorded. And I know I have one coming up from Raina soon. So we have a nice variety of, of audios from a nice variety of, of our great readers coming up in the next several weeks. Oh, now I got a growl. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks so much for, for, for doing this, uh, DJ. It's cool. always a pleasure to talk to you, whether it's on the podcast or off. Yeah, always fun to pop by. So, so thank you. And uh, we'll be back, uh, or at least I will be back uh, next week. And I hope you will be too. Have a great week. <laughs>